Today, I want to share the five questions I ask new potential clients. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Paul Miners podcast. As always, it is a pleasure to have you listening today. I appreciate your time and your attention because I know how valuable those things are. And today, I'm talking about the five questions that I ask new potential clients. If you want to read the corresponding blog post for this episode and find any links, you can find that at paulminers.com slash 90. This is episode 90 now. Now, getting new clients is one of the hardest parts of going out on your own as a freelancer, consultant, or coach. And this is the part of the job that often holds people back, especially in the beginning, is that it is hard asking for money when you're new to freelancing and you don't have an established track record. And even when you are comfortable asking for the sale, there are certain things you should be asking uh, new potential clients in order to streamline your client onboarding, um, increase your potential rates, and just make sure you have a good relationship, a good understanding of what the client needs going forward. Now, in the last two years, I have completed 369 introductory calls in Pipedrive. As you know, probably from following me, I love tracking things and I use Pipedrives to manage and track my clients. And I had a quick look and yeah, I've done 369 introductory calls. Those are basically first calls with people who have approached me online. And in this time, I've experimented with asking lots of different types of questions. So here are my top five Questions I like, I like to ask new potential clients. Number one, it's actually a few questions, but it's all around why. So why this project? Why me? Why now? Why not wait? And Jonathan Stark um, is a guy who I found online. He's a developer turned, I guess, consultant who has talked a lot about the benefits of value pricing versus hourly billing. And he talks about having a why conversation. So he gets you to ask, you know, why have you decided to start this project now? Why did you decide to reach out to me instead of someone else? Why is this a priority for you? Can it wait? And with all of these questions, it almost sounds like you're trying to talk the client out of working with you, which you sort of are, um, because if they shouldn't be working with you uh, and you can't deliver value, it's not going to be a good relationship. But as the client responds to each of these questions, they're giving you, and more importantly, themselves, more and more reason why starting this project with you right now is a good idea. And so answering these questions helps the client to justify to themselves that spending money on your service is a good idea. They're saying, this is why I approached you. This is why I want to do this now. This is why this project is important to me. So number two, what are the non-negotiables? This is a nice question that gets, uh, the, gets the client thinking about their requirements really plain and simply. And I, I like to use the word non-negotiable as it gets people thinking about... Um, I guess the client thinking about what they have to have in order to make this project a success. Like, what do they absolutely have to have? And it also means that if you can't deliver one of these non-negotiables for whatever reason, you can refer the client to someone else because it's actually better to know and deal with it now before you get started rather than having an awkward conversation later on. So if there's something they absolutely have to have, um, I've had situations like this where it didn't come up in the first conversation and they say, oh, we absolutely need this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't really help you with that. It creates a bit of tension, so you definitely want to find out about it sooner rather than later. Number three, what are your expectations of me? And this is another good question, similar to the last. It gets the client and you thinking about what you, as the freelancer, consultant, coach, need to do in order to meet their requirements. 
And this question can lead to more specific questions around, you know, what is the working location? Is it on site? Is it remote? How do we communicate? What are your expectations on response times and support? Um, any hidden costs? Uh, what are your expectations of tools you might need me or us to use? Uh, people that you might need me to work with as well. And I like asking this question first so that I can actually turn it around later and list some of the expectations that I have of the client. And people forget that even though the client is paying you a fee, it's a two-way relationship and that it's an exchange in value. You know, they are giving you money, but you are giving them a service. It is an exchange. And you have to work with them and be able to enjoy your work at the end of the day. Otherwise, why are you working for yourself? And so communicating upfront, these are my expectations of you, is just a nice way of um, creating a nice level playing field. Number four, what problem are you trying to solve or what are the goals or outcomes you're trying to, to achieve? And you really want to go deep on this. Um, it's easy to forget that the service you provide and what you're actually selling are two different things. So, for example, a developer uh, might think that they're selling like, you know, an optimized, faster website. But what they're really selling is a better user experience and even higher sales. Um, a graphic designer isn't selling podcast artwork. I actually recently purchased new podcast artwork. They aren't selling artwork. They're selling like brand equity and an image and a sense of, I guess, like a nice feeling that you as the owner get from seeing that nice artwork. And in my business, I'm not selling Asana training or pipe drive training or anything. I'm actually selling more than that, improved team collaboration, improved efficiency. I mean, I'm improving the productivity of the business. Asana or pipe drive is just how I do that. And so this is the whole features versus benefits comparison. So, for example, when I'm talking to someone about my Asana consulting, I usually say something like, okay, you know, so you want me to help you set up your account and make sure your team's using Asana really well, but what are the problems you're hoping this is going to solve? Or what is the main goal you have for your team after they've shown, uh, after they've been shown how to use Asana? What are you actually hoping to achieve? Using Asana well is great, but... What are you trying to improve communication? What is it? So you really want to go deep on that. And if you don't ask these questions, you actually risk ending the project where you've done everything you said you would, but the client kind of feels like they're no better off. Uh, this is because the work you've done hasn't actually been connected with their problem or their goals. And then finally, what is this worth to you? Either the cost or the potential sales they might get. So all of the previous questions lead to this because it's about understanding what your service is worth to the client. And, and this could be, you know, costs that you are saving the client. It could be increased revenue. It could be higher customer retention. It could be fewer customer complaints. Whatever it is, make sure you understand the value you're providing. And if possible, try and quantify this. And this really isn't easy. Trust me, I know it's not easy. Um, but for example, like when I'm working with a potential pipe drive client, I'm really trying to understand their business model. Like how do they make money? Their pricing? How many customers do they deal with? This allows me to make more and more uh, accurate estimates of how my service can maybe potentially improve those numbers. So there you are. There you have it. Those are the five uh, uh, questions that I personally like to ask new potential clients just to understand what they need so I can deliver a better service. But make sure you um, uh, have a nice level playing field, you understand everything that's required upfront, uh, improving client onboarding, and hopefully your sales and fees as a freelancer or a consultant as well. And if you are an independent worker, I'd love to hear what questions you like to ask new clients. So head on over to my blog, paulminers.com slash 90. Let me know in the comments. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners podcast.